Hi there, and welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Our vision is to find sanctuary in Christ, and then to be sanctuary to each other, and express sanctuary to this city. And so, for us, success is loving well, one person at a time. And if we can help you in any way, please do feel free to reach out, jump onto our website, sanctuarysf.com, and we would love to connect. Anyway, back to the podcast. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you all today. And I'm excited to continue our series on water from the rock. Really is uh, something that we've been passionate about for a long time and have been waiting for like almost two years or something to that effect to bring to you. Uh, Last week, Tom kicked us off uh, by really teeing us up to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and explaining that they were, does anyone remember the two things that he called them? They were two E's, essential and expensive. Perfect. Well done. Top marks for everyone. (laughs) That was uh, absolutely amazing. Tom, I actually really, I went back and listened to it multiple times this week in in preparation today. This is really good. And... Uh, yeah, but before we go and, and dive fully into the gifts of the Spirit, uh, we are going to look, take a deep look at the heart of the one who gives those gifts. And this, this really is a gift of the Spirit. What we're talking about today is the Spirit of adoption. And that really is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives us. But it's not listed in like 1 Corinthians 12. It's not listed in Romans 12, and it doesn't really look the same as something like prophecy or exhortation or miracles. It doesn't look quite the same, but it really is a gift. I don't want to get, like, too far. I don't want to, like, stir your minds up too much, uh, but let's just turn to the two passages first that I want to look at. Uh, the first one is Romans 8, verses 12 through 17. And then if I could get someone to volunteer to read the second passage, uh, does anyone want to read the second passage? I will pick you. If you don't, Tim, can, uh, Tim, can you read the second passage, which is in Galatians, uh, Galatians 4? Uh, can someone read the first passage for us real quick? This is the one that's on the screen, or if you are already in your Bible, that would be awesome as well. Uh, Billy, can you do that? Just you can read on the screen. (laughs) So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Amazing. Thanks, Billy. Tim, can you uh, read second? Galatians 4, 1 to 10? Yes. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. 
guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Thanks. I We're going to do our normal discussion. So I'm going to, there isn't really a great way to split into two, but I'm going to say, uh, this group over here, can you guys look at the first passage, Romans 8, and just sort of uh, talk about what uh, you can you could split. Don't do like a full group by yourself, but if you're on this side, maybe split into groups of like four or something. Uh, what's just sort of stuck out from the Romans 8 passage? Uh, this group in the middle, can you also do that passage, Romans 8? In the back, the uh, the mom crew and and Scott, can you do uh, can you do Galatians four? And then this group, can you do Galatians four as well? Just what's what stands out to you from these past? Okay, if you could wrap up your discussions, we're going to speak out, and I will call on you. Uh, huge. Huge group in the back with Mike. <laughs> Can I call on you uh, or your group? What What did you guys, uh, what was something that stuck out to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that theme is very, very common in, in the New Testament for sure. Uh, yes, I can. So yeah, so what Mike is saying is that we are uh, we are debtors, and through that that debt we become uh, inheritance. We have we have an inheritance. We are heirs alongside Christ, and that this is actually a theme that flows through most of the New Testament. That's a great point, Kurt. Uh, let's go with Josie, your group. Ryan, your group. <laughs> <gasps> Daisy. Yeah, so specifically, like, what does it look like to be an heir? It's kind of not a word that we hear anymore. It's much more of like a something for when 
honestly, like for when we were like receiving an actual inheritance, like receiving something from like our parents and it was like the firstborn usually, but yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, I don't know where the groups were here. <laughs> Let's go, uh, one of the groups in, in here, Victor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. The the idea that like adoption we actually have like the exact same image as like those like born like in into that family. Like that like through adoption we have the same image. Uh is so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um other groups? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that we're, we're not slaves. Yeah, in Galatians, that passage says, like, we're no longer slaves, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Billy, Becca, Emily, were you guys a group? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it's it's not us doing it, but we are still active like participants and, and our participation is actually very important in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Middle middle row? Were you guys all one group? Oh okay, okay. So you guys were the last group. All right, sweet. Anything else to add? Mm-hmm. 
by the spirit if you put to death the deeds of the body you will live yeah that is that is great uh group in the back the blessed the blessed group Yeah, it it is so strange that, like, that verse definitely stuck out to me when I was, like, reading it. It was like, okay, well, as as long as he's a child, he's no different from a slave. Like, that, the the main difference, I think, that, that Paul's making, in it, and I, I think you're even touching on this as well, is, like, at, like, childhood, when you're, like, under authority, there's, like, very little difference in, like, the functional life that, like, you and the, and the, the like, I guess the, uh, yeah, like the the authority that you have, the the ability to like go places and do things. The difference is like the future of like a child versus like the future of a slave. Like when you're just a child, like it it can look very similar, but the future being like very very different. Uh, where one like has this like inheritance that they're walking into, and one does not. Yeah. Uh, groups over here? Lisa, Lisa yeah. We, we talked about it often also. And it's yeah. Like that really has a strong meaning in terms of adopted by our Father and belonging and being a child of God and being an heir mm. with Christ. Yeah. Um, and then the transition between the, the slave versus the heir and how different that was and yeah. how meaningful actually that is. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. So good that th there really is a lot of similarities and, and parallels between the two passages. They're almost identical, um, with it with a few exceptions. But yeah, this this adoption theme like runs like very very strongly like, through this passage as well. And like th in this one, it's like the adoption like away from slavery and into like into like sonship, daughtership, like being a child of God, which is really cool. Tim. Oh, you guys were all one. I think I just noticed on Kels, the yeah. timeline of the, the waiting seasons, um, when they're underage and still enslaved at that time in regard, and then that shifting point they were to obtain themselves that earned that, you know, that that adoption is still there. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, like, timing, th I mean, it's actually interesting. It's very likely that Paul's, like, speaking to... Uh, like Romans in in this like idea like that he's like mostly having in mind like the like not the not the Jews because this isn't really like their custom like the the way that he's like referring to it is much more like the Roman culture of like there isn't a specific day that you are now an adult there's like your father decides like when you're now an adult uh, and so like this is like he's speaking to them and he's saying like hey the fullness of time had come not like once 2000 years had passed it's like no like when the father decided that it was like time then like the son came and like that's when like we have that transition like into adoption which is really cool 
So I remembered while we were discussing that I forgot to pray, uh, and we are going to do that right now before I get into things. Uh, Lord, we are so grateful to be here today, so grateful to unpack your word together, and we're just so thankful that you reveal new sides of your face every day, uh, and that we get to come with open minds and open hearts each day and receive from you. Would you, would you speak to us today? Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Before I get too far into it, I do want to like just acknowledge very briefly that we all like have very different relationships with, with our fathers. Like that, for a lot of us, can be like a really complex relationship, and, and for a lot of us can be like a really, really painful like r- relationship, and actually that can make the idea of picturing God as a father like a really difficult thing, like and, and also really painful. I actually believe that it is God's heart to redeem that, that child and father relationship. And I encourage you this morning to like, I'll just allow God to show you how he's always meant that relationship to look like and just allow him to sort of transform your image of him this morning. Ultimately, Uh, In these two passages, I want to make three points about the Holy Spirit. I want to say that through the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit convinces us, it engages us, and it launches us. So we'll get into that in just one second. Um, I do want to say from, I mean, really this could come from, from either passage, this idea, if I read it, we are, I'll go, actually, I like the Romans passage a lot, um, where he says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. This carries two connotations. It, yes, it totally carries the connotation of glorification, right? We're, we're heirs, uh, we, we are now privy to the same reward that Jesus earned, that the reward of salvation, right? We are, we are privy to that. It also carries the connotation of intimacy. He could have very, very easily said, he, he really could have easily said, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are fellow heirs with Christ. He could have said that, and it, it would have, like, it could have accomplished the same idea of like, hey, you, you have that glorification along with Christ, but that's not what Paul does. He, he draws a line. He says, oh, you're children, and if you're children, then you're heirs. Like, children is like first and foremost. He's like, this is what you are first and foremost, and because you're children, you're heirs. That's really important. He also says in this passage, we see the word Abba being used. Now, this is like the informal way that they would have uh, spoken, like the, the word father. This is the informal version of it in that culture. It's like the two syllable. A lot of scholars would believe that the best translation of this word is daddy. So like what's being said here is like daddy, right? Not 
just father, but like this really informal like way that a, a, a young child would talk to their dad. And it's like drawing, both of these things are drawing the very clear parallel that our relationship to God is that of a relationship of a child to their father. It's also even further, Abba, Father. A lot of you may have noticed uh, that this is the exact same prayer that Jesus prays when he's in the garden. When he's in the garden of Gethsemane, he prays, Abba, Father. And we now, through the Spirit, through the spirit of adoption, we cry, Abba, Father. Paul's saying even more than even more than just being adopted, through the Spirit, you have the same relationship with God that Jesus does. You have that access to God. You have that same, your spirit refers to God the same way that Jesus refers to God, which is incredibly powerful. And as, as Mike pointed out, there's plenty of other passages throughout the New Testament that address this idea that we are children of God. And I think it's actually, I, I could go into them, but they are, they're head knowledge. They're not heart knowledge. The, what the Holy Spirit is giving us in this passage is heart knowledge. Now, if you're not familiar with the idea of head knowledge and heart knowledge, it's, it sort of comes from Romans 10, just a couple chapters later. Romans 10, verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So the heart is where we believe something, and our mouth or our head is where we speak it, where we think it, where we know things. That The head is where we know things. The heart is where we believe those things to be true. I could know every verse about being a child of God, but unless I get it in my heart, I won't believe it. So that leads me straight into my first point, which is that the Holy Spirit convinces us. And I actually believe it's, it's the only thing that convinces us. Um, yeah, and so I think, it's, I think it's actually just crazy that, like, he is the only thing that can convince us. I was so excited uh, to get this topic because it's a story. This topic is a journey that my family has been going on for, like, the last half a decade. Uh, my brother lives in, in North Carolina. Uh, he lives and, and works with two worship leaders named Jonathan and Melissa Helser, who uh, have written songs like No Longer Slaves, and, which comes from Galatians 4, and, and uh, Raise a Hallelujah. And they, uh, they, alongside their community, they run this school called the 18-inch journey, which is the journey, like the distance between your head and your heart. So this, this school exists, in their words, it exists to close the gap between what we know about God in our heads and who we believe him to be in our hearts. So th the whole point of this school, this is like what my brother lives and breathes, and it's like spread to the rest of our family as well. So I was just so excited to get to talk about this topic. Uh, going back to Romans, to Romans 10, the, the verse just before what, what I just read is uh, very similar. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. Can anyone think of a passage that we recently looked at that's really similar to this, where we see the words, con- where we see us confessing that Jesus is Lord? Can anyone remember a passage that we looked at very recently? It's okay if you don't. Uh, it is Tom looked at it last week. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, so 1 <laughs> Corinthians... 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that only through the Holy Spirit can someone say Jesus is Lord. So then this Romans passage carries a new weight in light of what Corinthians also tells us. When when Romans says that uh, when Romans says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord there's only one way that you actually can do that and, and believe in your heart. There's only one way that you can do that, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only way that we can say Jesus is Lord. It's the only way that our heart can be convinced that Jesus is Lord, that we, can, that we are actually sons and daughters of Christ. When I, was in, when I was in college, I had these two best friends. We all came in together, uh, and we were... We were like really similar, which is basically just to say that we were all like massive nerds. Um, yeah, and uh, we, were, uh, we were also all Christian when we, when we came in together. And that first year, we had a lot of conversations about our faith. Uh, one of the guys was a uh, pastor's son. Uh, one of the guys was, was very similar to me, had been raised in a Christian family his whole life. And uh, one of the things as we explored our faiths together and, and sort of challenged each other, one of the things that came up to me was this idea of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that I had a different interaction with the Holy Spirit than they had. They, uh, they were like, oh yeah, like we, we've heard of like the Holy Spirit, like the gifts of the Spirit, sure, but they, they hadn't really engaged with the Holy Spirit and they didn't really have the same relationship with the Holy Spirit as I did, which I mean, at that point, and, and now, I was like very much like a rookie uh, in, in the way that I uh, engaged with the Spirit, but they had virtually no engagement with the Spirit. Flash forward three years later to our senior year, they had both stepped away and walked away from their faith, and uh, one of the guys actually asked me, he's like, hey, Robbie, let's, can we go for a walk? And we went for a walk together, and he explained to me on that walk that he just didn't believe any of the stuff that uh, we were raised with anymore. He just didn't believe it. And, and years later, I come back to that, and I just think about the fact that he said he didn't believe it. He didn't say, like, I can't wrap my head around God existing. Like, I, can't, I don't know, like, if he existed. It was like, I don't believe it. Like, it was his heart right? His heart had not been convinced. And I hear this so often in San Francisco. I talk to a lot of people who were raised in the church and have walked away. And so, so often I hear people saying, I don't believe this. I I find very little, and Tom talked about this, I find very few people struggle with like the idea that, that a God could exist, that there's a higher power. There's very few people who struggle with that. What I find is a lot of people who don't believe that because the Holy Spirit has not convinced their heart that that's true. The Holy Spirit is what convinces us. It's also 
what engages us. So Galatians 4 is sort of the, the, the bit that I want to uh, look into now. They are very similar. Um, they're very similar passages, but Galatians 4 has this thing that, uh, that Kelsey pointed out, which is uh, this idea that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Did you catch that? So that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came so that we might receive adoption as sons. That is massive. That is like, there are maybe two things that I'm, or there are two things that I can think of. There might be more that are listed as in the Bible as reasons why Jesus came and died on the cross. One is like obviously our sins, right? That's why he came. Also listed so that we might receive adoption. That's why he came. He came so that we might receive adoption as sons. Like God cared so much about us understanding the way he sees us that Jesus had to come and die so that that might be possible. It was always about connection with the Father. It was always about intimacy with God. I, when I was a kid, my dad uh, would give me these coupons as gifts for things that I, I liked to do. And uh, they were like something like, this coupon is good for one root beer float with dad. And this coupon is good for a round of golf with dad. And this coupon is good for a movie with dad. And I loved them. I mean, there were things that I liked to do anyways. Uh, but I look back at them now and I'm like, these were just as much excuses for us to spend time together as they were gifts to me. And that doesn't, like, he wasn't even subtle about it. They all said, like, with dad. Like, that was, like, <laughs> it was, like, each one of them were, like, hey, together, let's, let's do this thing. And as I look back, I mean, that doesn't make it any less meaningful to me that they were these excuses for us to spend time together. If anything, it shows me his heart just a bit clearer. And to me, when I look at the gifts of the Spirit, this this is the core of the gifts of the Spirit. They are designed so that we might do things with God. Right. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, that's, that's a father saying, hey, come here. I want to tell you something. Yeah. Exhortation, that's like, hey, let's encourage this person together. Yeah. Prophecy, I, let's, let's speak something over. Let's declare something together. Healing, Let's restore this person together. There's always this idea of intimacy. We are partnering with God, engaging with God through the gifts of the Spirit. It's the way that they were designed. They could have been designed in such a way that it was just like, hi, I'm God. I'm giving you this power so that you might feel confident that you are empowered and, and that you have this like ability to do things, but that's not the way he designed them. He could have designed them so that, they, that we did this separately, and, and I could have seen value in that, but that's not the way that he designed them. He designed them to be done in tandem with him. 
through the Spirit, we are engaged with God in joint mission with Him. The Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are designed to engage us in intimacy with the Father. Lastly, the Holy Spirit launches us. This, the Holy Spirit has this ability to root us in our identity of sons and daughters of Christ, where we can actually say, ah, I am a son, and I can gain confidence from that. I'm a daughter. I can gain confidence from that. We were in Alpha this week, and uh, there was actually a story that, that's really, really applicable to this passage uh, and to this idea. It's, they, they tell the story of this Civil War soldier who uh, has, has had death in the family, and he, he really needs to be excused from his service. And he goes to the White House and wants to meet with, with the president and is, and is turned away at the door. They're like, you can't meet with the president. Are you kidding me? Like, this is the White House. You can't just walk in here. Like, who do you think you are? And so he walks away, and he's really dejected, and he meets this boy nearby, and the boy's like, hey, what's, what's wrong? You look really sad. And he pours his heart out to the boy, and the boy tells him, hey, hey, come, come with me. And they, they walk around, and they walk past they walk past the guards, and they walk straight into the Oval Office. They don't even knock. There's President Lincoln, and he looks up, and he says, hey, Tad, can you introduce me to your friend? The story goes on. The idea is, right, the son of Lincoln is like, uh, yeah, I have access. Like, no worries. Like, I'm his son. I own this place. Like, this is my house. That's my father. I don't have to wait and talk to the guards. I can walk right past the guards. I don't have to knock at the door. I can walk right in. That's what, <laughs> that's what the spirit of adoption does for us. We understand our ability to just walk straight in, to just go straight for it because we are rooted. This, this passage, it says, it says we cry, Abba, Father. It doesn't say we whimper, Abba, Father. Crying, it's like this connotation, this yelling. You're like, you're fully confident. You're not like saying it under your breath. I know a lot of the times, like when I get like a tongue, I say it like under my breath because I'm not super confident that it's like from the Lord. And I'm like, I don't want anyone else to like hear me and be like, well, that's not speaking in tongues. That's just gibberish. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not super confident. And I say it quietly. But that's not what we do. We cry, Abba, Father, full confidence, boldly. We know who we are. It's not, it's not this whimper. We know who we are. And this is even, I mean, we express this today with the idea of spontaneous songs. Like, the, the, the scriptures talk about, like, us doing this spontaneous song. And I love what Tom said about it, where you said, like, this, this is, like, the outspring of, like, us just singing to our Father. Like, that's, like, what spontaneous songs is, like, a, a kid just, like, speaking out to his father. Like, I'm, I remember my brother and my sister and I, for our dad's 38, 38th birthday, we, uh, we wrote him, like, this short little song, and it, it went something along the lines of, like, 
Dad is great. He's turning 38. Dad is great. Now let's eat the cake. And it's like, it wasn't even that good. Like, it didn't really rhyme. It's like a slant rhyme, if anything. But like, the whole point is like, it doesn't have to be good, right? My dad was like, I, I love it. Like, I love it. And, and our dad is like, you're singing a song to me? Like, when we sang a song to him this morning, he's like, oh, I love it. You were off key, yeah. You, your words didn't make a lot of sense. I loved it so much. That's like who he is. He loves it. Now, at this point, you probably should be thinking, well, isn't this just more head knowledge? Like, if, if we've been talking about head knowledge and heart knowledge, you've really just been speaking to me. Like, this should all be like, this, if, if I did a good job, which, like, hopefully the Lord was, like, working, then, like, this would be adding head knowledge. That's, like, what's happening, but, but is it, like, well, this is not heart knowledge. How do I get the spirit of adoption? Like, how do I actually, like, get this? And I just want to encourage, like, really briefly to say, look, Romans 8, verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. I mean, if you are led by the Spirit of God, you have the Spirit of adoption. You, you have it. Now, the next thing you should be thinking is like, okay, then if I have it, how do I feel it? Like, how, how do I believe it? Like, that's, again, that's just more head knowledge. How do I actually believe it? And in my experience, the best way is to ask him to show you. When I sat down to write this week, I was like, I was feeling attacked uh, and, and like just like enem the enemy was just like sending like arrows at me. And I felt like this intense need to sit down and just say like, God, please remind me of my sonship. Like, please remind me that I'm your son. Like, I'm feeling attacked. And I saw this video and, and maybe it was because Tom talked about uh, like going through Google Photos last week, but I saw this video clearly in my head of me as a child. I was in the snow. Uh, it, was, it was January 25th, 1999. It was the last time it snowed in my hometown. And uh, we actually found the video, uh, but I, I'm not going to show it because I, honestly, I, I don't think you could handle baby Robbie. Like, I just, <laughs> like, it's too cute. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't think you're ready, I don't think you're ready for it, uh, but, uh, this, uh, this, this video in it, I, um, I'm standing in the snow, and my dad comes over to me to ask how I'm doing, and I just hold up my arms to him, and I say, hold me, and he just picks me up, and, and carries me, and he grabs uh, he grabs a snowball off of the roof of our car and he throws it at my mom who's <laughs> recording. And uh, I, I wasn't in like this like playful mood, right? I wasn't like, oh, come like, let me throw a snowball with you, dad. I was weak and my voice was weak. And I just felt the father say that over me like this, this is us. Like, let me pick you up and let me carry you away. There is, like, I could just feel my, my spirit just, like, leaping inside of me when I, like, saw that, like, and, and I, he reminded me of that. There's nothing that can convince us of 
our identity more than the Father declaring it over, over us. And if you're like me, which like, you, maybe you have trouble with visualization, I actually, I, this is an exception, this like, story was an exception. I normally have a really hard time with visualization. I actually like, struggle to get images in my head and, and I get really frustrated and in insecure. Like other people will be like, oh, I have this picture of like this, like, and they'll like, lay out this intricate picture and I actually have like, a really hard time uh, picturing things in my mind's eye. Like I just, it's just black a lot of the time and, and like I, I have a really hard time and I imagine that there's actually like other people who feel that way and are like I, I actually have a really hard time like picturing things like and I would say there's a practice that I've been trying uh, which is called journaling the father's voice and uh, I think it's actually really helpful something I picked up again from from Jonathan and Melissa and they they say they point out that David does this practice in Psalms, uh, in the Psalms, in Psalm 32 specifically, David does this practice. And in just a second, we're actually going to get like a chance to try this out because um, I think that it's really, I think it's really amazing. In Psalm 32, David starts, he, he gives us this, this example that we can follow. He says in verses three and four, or I guess three, four, and five, he says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. David is like showing us we can write an honest prayer to the Lord, just like vulnerable, this is where I'm at, Father. Like, this is where I'm at. And then there's a Selah, and uh, a lot of scholars would believe like this Selah is uh, like a musical note, uh, or a, a musical like, uh, what's the word? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's a musical term which means like pause. And so, we write this honest prayer and then we pause and then David writes his father's response. He, we see that the speaker shift and we see God respond, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding which must be curbed with bit and brittle or it will not stay near you. So David writes an honest prayer. He's like, God, this is where I'm at. I'm not going to hide anything from you. This is where I'm at. Then he pauses, and then he writes what he hears the Lord saying to him. So just a second, we're going to have a chance to do this. Uh, before we do it, I, I just want to share a little bit. Like, when I was prepping this week, I was, I was trying this over and over again. My journal is like, this journal is just littered with me like declaring like where I was at and I was overwhelmed this week. I was like right on the edge of like I'm so stressed out and I'm so excited and I don't know what to do with myself and that is just like the perfect place to be to meet with God. Like and I was like God, I am I am so scared and I am so insecure and I, and it's like my pride is getting in the way, like I like have to nail this, like, 
and I was just like feeling so like, I just like, this topic is so important to me. And like, I just like sat there and I like waited and I like journaled, I journaled his response to me as he said to me, look, like I, I care about this topic too. Like, I, I, I really care about this topic too. I'm not gonna hang you out to dry. You don't actually, like you're my son and I've loved you before Adam was in the garden, I loved you. And I rejoice alongside all of heaven, every step you take towards wholeness. Like every step you take towards me, all of heaven is singing with me and, and just rejoicing with me. And that, this is just like what the Lord has been like speaking over me, like over and over and over again this week. 